It's life on life's terms. <laughs> nice job. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Tom Robinson, and this is the Life on Life's Terms podcast uh, once again. Um, and like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program. Uh, my name is Chris Mandeville, and we're here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass., on Quincy Ave. Lots of resources here. Um, if you're in treatment or in the area, uh, you can come here and use computers and check emails and, and it smells like chicken nuggets in here right now oh they got barbecue chicken out there because yeah. a, there's a woman's meeting tonight so they cook amazing um, <laughs> and if you could it would be awesome to subscribe to us on itunes and google play it's the life on life's terms podcast uh join the facebook group if you haven't already yes and please. rate us five stars yes if you want if you think we deserve yes. it Do, go to the website um lolterms.com you can subscribe right there there's a subscribe button excellent that would be fantastic um and tonight we have amanda Woo! hey this is amanda loring i'm so excited to be here on this super cool podcast with <laughs> all these super cool microphones yeah. <laughs> can't wait to talk into it a lot I know, right? Yeah. It's like we're a professional or something. Yeah, this is Amanda. Um, I heard something today that was like, your NPR name is like your favorite uh, pattern, uh, followed by the last name of like your favorite dead singer. So I would be Solid Bowie. Solid Bowie. (laughs) Solid Bowie. Nice. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) NPR name. Yeah. What's yours? What's your favorite Uh, pattern and your favorite favorite dead My favorite pattern? Yeah. It's got to be plaid, right? I guess plaid. Yeah. I like plaid. Yeah. And your favorite singer? Merchant. Plaid merchant over here (laughs) to my right. Um, (laughs) I think I would go go with... Uh, Paisley. Nice. Wow. And <laughs> that's um, bold. That's a bold choice. I, <laughs> it uh, is. What's, who's the one that just passed away? Which one didn't from Soundgarden? Oh, oh, Cornell. Yes. Cornell, Chris Cornell. Paisley, oh, yeah. Paisley Cornell. Cornell. Oh, see you guys. <laughs> I love our personas already. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, so Amanda comes from us from, uh, Megan Perry, who we had on the show before, she's uh, going to be helping us out with some guests. Yeah, shout out to Megan. She's a story storytelling teacher. She's yes. amazing. She's amazing. She teaches you how to tell stories. Yeah, yeah. so she did. I thought I told stories pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you know? are you taking her class? I was full of shit like a Christmas turkey. Yeah, I told no, lots of we all suck at them, but we just like are you know like we're not used to looking into the eyes of the people who are getting bored as we talk. You know, yeah. like oh yeah, <laughs> and some of the but also some of the stuff I would talk about, people would be like. Yeah, so there's enough interest in the shock value, but Megan teaches you to like craft it into something interesting for anybody. She helps you like refine your message. She's really good. Yeah, I need that, I think. Yeah, I I learned a lot from her. I think I'd like to uh, check it out. Yeah, definitely take that class. Well, uh, so I took that class and then I had the guts to go to like, they have these story slams. It's a really popular art form. Um, People meet up and they have these story slams. It's like spoken word, pretty much. 
Kinda. Like, it's but like 2.0 like or something. Yeah, but like not quite as like skilly bop, yeah. you know, like a spoken <laughs> word. But yeah, like, right. you know, like you get yeah. people like you. And I mean, people love you if you like sound local. If you're like, hey, I got this story to tell. Like it doesn't yeah, even. Yeah, it's wicked piss up. Yeah, exactly. People yeah. love that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like. ticket for drinking beer in the car. Perfect. Yeah. Go, go on. <laughs> um, so they have themes. And um, yeah, so I, I took Megan's class. I had the guts to go to a storytelling event. I won. I was like, oh, my God. God, I can't believe I wind. That's and then awesome. I, yeah, and then I advanced, <laughs> and then I advanced again, and I won a competition, and I got a prize. Oh, that's, that's cool. Fantastic. I did have to email them to ask for my prize, though. It, it, it wasn't one of those things where everybody gets a prize. No, right? it wasn't, you guys. Uh, participation trophy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, that that ruined everything. Participation yeah. trophies, of mm. course. You know, like. Sports aren't about feeling good about yourself. No, you know? if you suck, you suck. <laughs> yeah, they're about hard lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they they need to be yelled at and yeah, shamed, shamed publicly <laughs> in the, about masculinity. Um, <laughs> So, well, but so I'm here today because I'm a woman in recovery and I like to say I'm a woman in long term recovery because uh, I'm over three years. So for me, that's really long. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I spent the 19 years before pretty solidly in addiction, not sober. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like one of those um, addicts who was like, well, it's fine because I just smoke weed like 10 times a day and that's not a drug. Um, So that that's like a really. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I remember we. uh, I remember oh, weed. Weed. I remember weed. No, I remember. No, it wasn't the time I was in turnabout with you. It was the next time I was in, and there was a guy there who was, who was there because he smoked weed too much, and nobody really believed him. Oh yeah, yeah. They no, were like, people oh, yeah. laugh at that. Right, right. <laughs> you know but, what I mean? But I, listen, I know if you're fixing lots of feelings. people that if they did not have their weed. They were Mizzy. Oh yeah, right. they were <laughs> wicked Mizzy. Uh, if you're if you're fixing feelings with yeah. a chemical, listen, yes. heroin like to Hagen does. It doesn't bro. matter, dude. I can yes. I can stuff feelings with some chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm in <laughs> that know? one too. You guys, Black I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got some you know, it's like sugar. Ah, it's only a half a pint yeah, or a pint, <laughs> whatever. It's like I'll save some. It's like yeah, that's not really worth saving. Yeah. And it's so melty now that if I do save it, it's not going to look good when I open it it's again. It's just a drink at this so point. Just finish yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, shake it. now. It's a shake. Give yeah. me a straw. I mean, you know, a spiritually vacant life is a spiritually vacant life. And what yes. happened to me was oh, I thought I go. had everything. Yeah. I was married. I loved my husband. I had a child that I'd wanted for so long. I had a career that I loved. And I was like, why am I not happy? I kept going back to the doctor. The doctor kept giving me more drugs. Yeah. Including mm. drugs I should not have been taking, like amphetamines. Like, yeah. oh, you seem like oh. you have a problem focusing. Would you like some amphetamines? Here's some Adderall. <laughs> Here's some Ritalin. That'll help you focus. They yeah. push that stuff so much. It's shocking. I had a good friend of yeah. mine who lived with me in Seattle, and uh, he was a mediocre pool player. Player, but he would go out and hustle people when he did crystal. Yeah, he was focused. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I mean, some talents, real focused. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw some honesty out there. That what you just Throw spoke it. about, yeah, has completely affected my life. Really? Yes. Tell me more. Mm. That's my little girl that's sitting out there. Yeah. That's how I got custody of her. Yeah. Because her mother was in long-term recovery. Yeah. You know, thought she could drink again. Yeah. And then went to the doctor and. Boom. Yeah. No, no longer in uh, long-term recovery. 
know? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it took me like probably eight months of being like sober before I could be like, you know what? I really don't need these prescribed medications. Like, uh, I really don't need these. Like, I, I held on to it because I was like, I can't give up everything. But I realized, like, I actually don't even need my antidepressants. And I mean, I think they're great, you know, for people who do need them. But, right. you know, right. I, I just had never tried not being high all the time. And so right. like, I'm not against, <laughs> I'm right. not a person who's against medication no, by any it's means. great for the people who need it. If there is a lengthy diagnosis. Absolutely. Right. You can't walk in and diagnose someone in 12 minutes. Especially if how been, how can you do that? Yeah, especially if they've been you know already pilled up. Yeah, so pilled up. Like what's know. getting it on the street now? I'm going to get this so that I don't get in trouble. Yeah. So like when I walked through the door at my prescriber, I was like, oh, I'm smoking weed all the time, and you know I'm really depressed. And she was like, Oh, you probably need some antidepressants, and you're probably smoking weed because you need dopamine. So here's some Adderall. And of course, I took that. I was like, this is great. But, you know, I kept coming back more depressed, getting more um, antidepressants. Then she put me on two antidepressants. Then, you know, the combination of all those drugs, like I went pretty crazy, you guys. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to help you mentally. and It makes you worse. I was crazier than I've ever been. I mean, the Facebook posts alone are... Oh, really? So can cruel. we can we go back through <laughs> sure. and find them? Well, I did delete them, but uh, nothing ever disappears from the internet. No, it doesn't. Um, suffice it to say, no, like a true. sober person in their right mind, um, who's happy, joyous, and free, does not post a picture of themselves crying uh, next to like an apology to their little brother. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. My husband was like, "Please mm. stop this," and like, you don't understand. Yeah. Like, I'm fixing my life, but like, therapy without sobriety is kind of pointless and dangerous too yeah i agree i agree and you know and uh i've i've been through a lot of therapy having gone through you know umpteen million programs and uh you know it it doesn't it doesn't help you as much as it could if you're not in the right mind if you're not if you're not working on yourself and you're not honest and sober it's not going to help you. You know what I mean? I absolutely agree. Because you're never really going to try anything new. Like if you're still, you know, using substances to like calm down or, you know, deal with your intense feelings or whatever, you know, your conflicts in life, then you're not trying anything new. And that's what you got to be doing is trying something new. Right. Well, dealing with the feelings is, is an important point. Yeah. Because you can't learn how to deal with feelings if you're always stuffing them down. No, right. you absolutely can't. Um, there's so many great memes about being an addict who hates their feelings. Like, like, uh, like me, an addict, has a feeling. Who in the fuck authorized this? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, we yeah. want to control them all. But, uh, you know, the combination of therapy and recovery for me has been amazing. Like, really, oh, really? transformative. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, together, you know, because right. that, that combination of stuff. Um, I couldn't done without the meetings. Oh yeah, yeah. I couldn't yeah. done without the meetings. Well, I had to go to nine months of uh, of intense program uh, away from society. Well, not completely for the whole nine months, but in house. And then I had to use meetings after that to help me through. I mean, meetings are fantastic. You know, it's the fellowship and the Absolutely. program. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. It's it's a fantastic combination. But I really didn't go too much therapy after i was out of the program i mean a little bit uh you know at the program coming well, i guess back. nine months of intensive is pretty yeah <laughs> that's pretty comprehensive <laughs> it was so life transforming you know yeah it was awesome and uh and i had great friends in, in early sobriety and, and i remember just 
as being, you know, the time of my life. Unforgettable, you know. So before that, did you feel pretty alone most of the time? Like, were you one of those people who felt, like, even if you had lots of friends, you felt super alone just fundamentally? Oh, yeah. Well, I I isolated myself. Yeah. Because my my friends originally, when I was was just smoking and and drinking and, and, and partying, None of them uh, got into serious hard drugs, so I kind of left all them behind. You know? Yeah, I was always the worst of my bunch. Um, oh, my, yeah? Oh, yeah. Like, I, would, I always had friends who'd be like, you can't smoke crack recreationally, Amanda. <laughs> like, you guys don't understand. It's just a party drug. It's a party um, drug. A party drug that is going to ruin my life in three months. Um, Sorry about that. No problem. And we're back. <laughs> Fatherhood called. It always does. And you answered. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I had a plan once uh, that I was only going to smoke crack. That's it. Nothing else. It's <laughs> That's such a great plan. <laughs> yeah, I tried Sane that. Sane and happy, useful plan. Yeah. And then when I smoked too much crack, I needed something to come down. There's that. Then exactly. that happens. Exactly. Yeah. Auditory hallucinations. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. So I stopped doing all hard drugs um, long before I stopped smoking weed. Um, and by smoking weed, I also mean like ingesting such intensely potent edibles that most people would like not be able to handle them. You yeah. Because oh, like, yeah, nowadays, can... like the, the cannabis is strong. Oh. You get your concentrates yeah. and your vapes and yeah. like what the high you're having is way different than what. The backyard boogie that I used to smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Downtown <laughs> Brown. You know? <laughs> Don't brown. I, we every once in a while you come across some we call the kind bud yeah and it would come in a mason jar you know and like that was special well, stuff. that's what happened when i moved to seattle it was like there was nothing but this incredibly potent weed and yeah it was like geez you can't even smoke a joint of this stuff no like, you can't because it wrecked. goes out after every single yeah. puff yeah. it's like so you take, take two that. hits and it's like oh it's over huh yeah, I'm high. I'm really high, but I don't know. I kind of miss smoking a whole joint. <laughs> the flavor I miss and the taste, hurting you know? my lungs. No, yeah, I yeah. know that feeling. Like after I got uh, after I stopped smoking weed, I like craved cigarettes. I wasn't a cigarette smoker at all, but I craved them because I just missed smoking. You know, yeah. you really get into the habit. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's it. why I'm a vapor. Yeah, uh, no more <laughs> cigarettes. But I, I quit. I quit better it. than cigarettes. I quit at the age of 24 smoking cigarettes, but I wouldn't advise uh, doing it the way I did. Oh, how, how did you do it? I started uh, injecting heroin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, no. And I was like... Not oh. a recommended... Yes. Like, really, when I started... The new Nicoderm CQ. <laughs> <laughs> when 10 I, cc's. When I started <laughs> dabbling in dope, you know, I had been wanting to quit smoking cigarettes. So I was like, I was smoking, I was quitting smoking, but I was doing dope. Yeah. It, it, it worked. Yeah, because you would nod it out all the time and never had a cigarette. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was your path. Yeah, no, that was that my was path. Your path. <laughs> so now, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Sharon, Massachusetts. Oh, um, dry town, Sharon. right? It's a dry town, but oh Not. my God, everybody and their mother smokes weed. Um, yes. At, they have uh, everyone. I think they actually have a dispensary there. If they don't now, they will soon. Um, if you look on like Urban Dictionary at Sharon, they're like, Sharon is a town that's predominantly Jewish and pot smoking. And yeah. That was my, that was my family. Um, yeah, like my whole family smoked weed. So I was like, this is fine to do. Um, saw a lot of my parents smoking weed. I mean, it was just, you know, it was normalized. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, this yeah. isn't really a drug. So even though I would do harder drugs, 
And then I would, you know, really screw myself up with those. And I would stop and I'd be like, I'm just going to smoke weed, you know, so that's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I probably could have continued to get away with it if I hadn't had a kid. But oh, I, yeah. True. Yeah. yeah I could have because well, I was functional. Yeah. But would it really be getting away with it? I think you're you're uh, don't you don't you enjoy having not having to have that every day? Ten times a day. What I really enjoy better. is not being horrifyingly depressed to the point of thinking that like it would be better to be dead. You know, I really enjoy that. Wow. Like, um, yeah, because yeah, uh, that that's, that's that you know that's where I ended up in like the slow shame of being addicted to something. Like you might think you're fine, or at least I thought I was. I was like, I'm, I'm handling this. Look at my life. You know, I was always like a look at my life. Like I have this uh, accomplishment, yeah. yes, and I have yeah. that relationship, and I have this thing over here. Look so at all the, all the stuff on paper. So, lo- I look great. Exactly. So you think that? So you think that the smoking of the weed brought you to that point, <clears throat> to that 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 jumping off point? That yeah, that definitely, point. definitely. I got so much more self confidence when I stopped, and like I, you know, I still mm. had a lot of unresolved emotional issues because you know when you start smoking weed when you're 13, you don't really grow up past 13. So yeah. I had to do all that when I was 30. Three. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I was taught was it, when you're a daily abuser of of something that takes away your need to deal with the feelings you never learned to deal with the feelings so right absolutely didn't basically as old emotionally as you were when you started using daily because you yep. never really, i, I totally know. relate to that you guys relate to that yeah oh yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah, I, feel that. I was like a 13 year old when i came in here and how old are you now like 16 <laughs> <laughs> um Maybe 17. I'm approaching 17 or <laughs> yeah. 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you grow up, you can grow up fast, you know, because once you once you are an adult, you get to make all the adult choices every day if you want. Yeah. So if thank, you want. Thank God. Yeah. The God I don't believe in. Um, <laughs> thank God for that. Um, that was one of the hardest things for me about recovery. I walked in. I was like, I'm an atheist. And what I meant by that was like, I'm better than you if you believe in God. So I, I really had to learn to like let go of everything that I believed and it was a huge relief when I did that. Yeah. It was huge. Mm. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, I really don't know what I believe. But like, I'm going to just go with these beliefs for a while. And they helped me. So I'm like, I, t- I tell new people that all the time. I'm like, you don't have to believe. You just have to do the thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just believe I believe. Right. That's the you thing. Know? Yeah. That's the saying. Believe I, believe that I believe. You well, know, you'll find something too. If you don't have a higher power, use mine for a while. You'll find something. Yeah. Absolutely. You'll find something. You'll find an energy. You'll name it whatever you're comfortable naming it, you know, like, and you'll, you'll find a thing. I think everyone does. The ones who stick around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing too. Like not many people stick around. Yeah. You can't make people want something they don't want. Right. That's like a fundamental boundary problem. Right. Yep. You can't force people into sobriety. You can't get anyone high. You can't get anyone sober. You know, right. it's 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 tough. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. You know, the odds back in the day were a lot greater than they are now. Granted, there is a lot more of us now than there was back then. But this is why they, you know, all these celebrities that are on TV and they say that they're mm. in this program and that program and, and then... You know, Demi Lovato. Yeah. She relapses, you know, and there's so many people out there that do that every day. But everyone was like, oh, poor Demi, poor Demi. What about the thousands of other people? Sure. That Or, or the people that died, the ones that didn't come back, the, the ones that weren't revived with Narcan, you know? There's, yeah. There's 
sure there's a lot more people that relapsed that day than just Demi Lovato. Sure, but you know, we, is it, we love celebrities. Yeah. On the on the outside, um, people think that it's all about chasing a buzz. You know. Yeah, they have but, no idea. But it, it's really about uh, chasing um, away the feelings. Yeah. Chase in trying to feel like you're okay and you belong. Absolutely. So that's like the first, like I remember I smoked weed the first time I didn't get high. The first time I did get high, it was a magical night. And I remember that feeling of, oh my God, I'm so funny. People like me. I'm not alone. This is the most important thing. Like I remember that this is the most, whatever you got to do. You get this. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah. you, you get back to this. You can get here again. And I remember right. that, you know, like, getting that feeling of belonging without it is more work. Oh, but, yeah. like, then you get, the, then you get like, real fulfillment, though. Um, right. But it, but it provided a release from the feeling of awkwardness or oh, the definitely. feeling of, of wary that you're not accepted or you're identity that you've grasped onto isn't being uh, received well or, or you know whatever yeah. it sure, it's so tough to be a teenager yeah yeah really like that we so say tough. we you know we've talked about it on almost every one of these like puberty oh the worst, the worst time, time yeah. ever life awful. ever yeah like it's awful so awkward yeah you, you should know? just yeah. work on a farm like at that time in your life like there <laughs> there are psychologists who believe that that kids uh, at the age of 13 and 14 shouldn't even be in school. I, I kind of yeah. think that's true for so many of us. A lot of us get away with it, but like the social pressure, just right. everyone cr- crowded together like that. Like, they call it the second identity crisis. Yeah. And, and When's the first identity crisis? Uh, it's it's uh, when you're like two. Oh, you're like, you realize you're not your mother or something? Right, yeah. yeah. You're like, t- you're forming out, you know, I'm me and, and these are my boundaries. And sure, that's when you start that saying no, because you're like, not you. I'm Right. Okay. So, so that's, they call it the second identity crisis because you're like, well, who am I? You know, what am I, what am I going to gravitate towards? What, what type of pe- person am I? And like, I remember it so vividly mm. being like, uh, you know, people are telling me that I'm like, Mr. Nice Guy and I don't swear enough or something like that. Sure. And, yeah. and I remembered like, consciously being like all right i have to swear more yes <laughs> you know i, I mean? so relate to this story yeah yep. so like I, I i switched schools i went to a private school and i wasn't thriving there so i switched schools mm. in sixth grade and i was like this is my last chance you know because you know i was 12 years old so i figured that was my last chance i'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do well now and so the i like threw my whole life into getting good grades i raised my hand all the time and so everyone was like oh you're a nerd you're in the nerd herd and i wanted to get out of the nerd herd oh. so when i was in ninth grade i started smoking i was like well this is my exit strategy yeah get right. into another type of herd right you're the you're in the smokers herd you're yes. one of those pr- people who smoke yeah varsity it's smoking like for for me when i went into high school i had made some bad choices at the age of 13 and like i ended up fathering a child oh, okay. at 13 so it was like i go into high school freshman year and everyone's like, yo, you got a kid? And I'm like, how do I answer this? How do uh, you answer, how did uh, you answer that? Yes. <laughs> really? Dude, hit this. And they'd give me a pipe or a joint or, you know. Whoa. And it was like, that was my rite of passage, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah. Had no idea what I was doing, obviously, yeah. if I got her pregnant. Yeah. Um, no, well, of course. But yeah. all, 
and it's funny because I I, <laughs> wow. I remember saying I remember saying I wasn't a morning You're drinker. Years older than I was delivering papers. Yeah, I would pedal to my girlfriend's house in the summer. Yeah, first thing in the morning, her parents would be at work. Go behind the bar, and make a drink. Yeah, I was morning drinking at thirteen. Yeah, but I would wow. say, oh, I was never a morning drinker. No, I was. <laughs> it's funny how we we're de- really delusional about what we do. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. So I, was I mean, like, I'm not an addict. I can't leave the house without some weed on me. But I'm not like an addict, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I wake I mean, up in the middle of the night and smoke, but I'm not like addicted. To touch uh, back on that story, the <laughs> kid was given up for adoption. So good. And to my knowledge, just had a good life. Yeah. Well, so. Uh, so you know, my my thing that I remember, I I had uh, very little identity that I could really grab onto until a friend of mine put some headphones on me, and. Um, and it was Do the Bee by Husker Du. It was a mm. punk rock song. Yeah. And I was like, I remember listening to it like, my eyes are wide. Wow. This is who I'm going to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Music is really powerful. It definitely it, right? is. Yeah. yeah. It's helped me through so much. Oh, yeah. And it's made things worse, too. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, it depends on what I put on. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I chased the whole dream of, uh, of music for a lot of years. Do you play music? I used to. When I got sober, I basically stopped. But I had stopped a little bit a few years What'd before you play? that. I used to play bass to begin with. Nice. Well, singing to begin with, then bass, then uh, six-string guitar a little bit. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. I, I had a lot of fun with it, but I, I never went anywhere with it. And uh, I was always trying to get serious. And you know, yeah. It was always about drinking. And w- when we were getting That's serious, tough. and yeah. there was a night when we wouldn't drink, after every song, everybody would look back on their amp and grab for the beer that wasn't there so i mean yeah <laughs> you know what I yeah mean? right you might have a problem if yeah. so it's it's really hard to put out art with um s- sober because you know we all have that strong inner critic but do you know about this the um the program the artist's way uh it sounds is that familiar. out of la Oh, well, it's big in L.A., but, like, it's big everywhere. It's pre- it's really popular. So this woman who was, like, a screenwriter in Hollywood, she mm-hmm. got sober and found herself bl- blocked as a writer and went through this whole process where she got up every morning and she wrote three pages longhand every morning before she did anything else. And then she created, like, this... Um, program of recovery for blocked artists really and her idea is that like in many of us there's an artist and like if you don't like connect with that and learn how to express it like you're gonna kill someone <laughs> like, I, I, know, really, I know i <laughs> know quite a few musicians yeah who thought that they couldn't write if they weren't getting high yeah so many of us oh, think yeah. that. and because of that's just how the music business is People get fucked up. Oh yeah, look what happened to Amy Winehouse. To be sober in that environment is fucking extremely difficult. They don't care, you know. They don't care if you're healthy. They just want you to be putting shit out. Yeah, like you could be. You could, and I've seen it. You know, I've seen it at friggin' the Middle East. Like someone I know, awesome musician, sober. Like people will just walk up to him. Here. Oh yeah. You know, and it's like what happened. That's what happened to me. We were playing. Um, there was this old school bus without the seats in it, and it was like no tires, all painted weird colors. And we were <laughs> we were playing in there. No uh, the tires. band the band was playing in there, and uh, awesome. Somebody came in and just handed out dope. That was your venue. Of course, someone came and handed out <laughs> yes. dope handed inside out, the bus with the no tires. Handed yeah. out heroin, yeah. and we all snorted oh. it. 
We all snorted it, and well, and I dope. and I remember mm. we we used to switch instruments, you know, because we were just full, you know playing around and whatever. And I was playing the drums, and I remember um, thinking, "Oh, it's so cool! I can go to sleep for a minute, and the drum beat continues on, and I wake <laughs> up and I just keep playing, and I don't miss." And it was just like you know, like it was you think on that was there. really was what like was a, happening? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It was because I was not. Sure, out. it didn't stop, and then you just came out of your nod and was like right back at it. No, nope, <laughs> no, nope, people would have stopped playing because we weren't playing in for an audience. We were just jamming. You know? Yeah, right. And right. so we were, we were just playing, and, and yeah, I could nod out and continue to play while I was like nodding out. You know That's what I mean? That's crazy. And and I yeah. thought that was like the greatest thing. And then uh, some uh, good friend of mine who's passed away from this disease. Um, was there and uh he was like that was great yeah we got a call i have a friend he went to guitar institute of technology and and, and his friend came out with a, bl- a mouthful of balloons full of wow. black tar heroin uh like a week later and we did it again oh this is great we got to get a connect yeah and it just went from there so yep yeah so it's that feeling of mastery right so like there's two ways to get there herbie hancock wrote a whole book about it you can either like take drugs and that's your shortcut and then Mm. crash or you can learn how to meditate for many 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 years but Mm. like there there is that path you know to uh learn how to meditate for creativity yeah so herbie hancock you know he's like a great improviser that's like his his thing he was the shit back in the day too she still is yeah Yeah. he's alive and well and um he's like yeah i read his book when i was in early recovery he talked about chanting and um back then i was pretty angry at some people like my parents and Mm. other people who were people who loved me and just did the best they could but i was angry because i felt you know i needed to blame others for my problems and um actually started chanting for their happiness and it i was like this isn't gonna work i'm gonna do it to show that it doesn't work but it worked so yeah, he does that. He do, he does um, he does like a lot of like chanting and heavy meditation because it's about getting your mind into that place where you're like really in the moment. You're not evaluating yourself, which is so hard to do, right? Yeah, it's like almost impossible to do that. Um, not evaluating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, something that I learned about in uh, my mindfulness training with uh, Mikey uh, Give. Givoni, who was on this pro on this podcast too and uh yeah um he was saying that like you know um just be non-judgmental yeah. just and and you don't have to identify as your thoughts you know you just let the thoughts come in the thoughts happen but that's not you you're the observer mm. of, of but the that's thoughts. a practice that takes that's a practice right and, it, and when, you, when you're in it when you're in that practice it's like blissful it's fantastic you know, yeah. being in the moment and not being defined by the past and the future and not being defined by random thoughts that pop up. Yeah. Just observing the thoughts, letting them run their course and letting them go. Ah, it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and it's not easy to do, you know, especially if you're trying to do something from that space. Like, you know, a lot of us meditate so we can get to a place where we're like quiet and when our thoughts come, we release them and we're just in the moment. But mm. then try to do something from that space you know like now i'm gonna play piano you know like now i'm gonna write jokes like oh yeah, well, that's then the mind turns back on and yeah right oh yeah yeah to try and stay in that state it's hot and be creative yeah 
Oh, as soon as as soon as the meditation's over, the friggin' monkeys are jumping around yeah. again. Well, here's the thing. You know, for me, the monkeys anyways. are okay. That's what that's what right. he's saying. And I yeah. would do it like you know, I find myself doing it a lot for some reason. Standing in line at coffee shops, I'm addicted to coffee. What are you gonna do? Me too. It's okay. So, <laughs> yeah. It's okay, right? No. So just to be present. And so he said that the breath is like an anchor. You know, so you breathe and you just concentrate on the breath. Concentrate on how your how your feet feel as they touch the, the thing, and just put your attention on that, and so that you're not in this little fantasy world that we live in inside of our heads mm-hmm. sure. in the moment. You know, they have that as like a, people have like really severe problems dissociating. They have that as like a as a therapy. I forget what it's called, but you all probably know people who've done this. Um, EMDR? Is that what you're talking about? No, it's something else. I forget. It's another acronym. Um, but, you know, it's like, you, you know, you're starting to get carried away by your thoughts, like to the point where, like, you're really getting agitated or, you know, extremely oh, yeah. distressed, you know, uh, like to, on, your, yep. on your way to like a serious panic attack, you know, not like, oh, right. my gosh, I'm panicking, but like not able to breathe. And like you pinch your hand because that reminds you, oh, I'm here. I'm someone with a hand. Mm. I'm in this moment or something like that. Snaps you right back. Yeah. I don't know. Probably could have used that today. It's <laughs> <laughs> a rough one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Having kids is so hard. Oh. <laughs> it's so hard. Yes, it is. Especially when you have kids from 27 down to three. Is that what you have? Yes. Wow. So, like, all right, I've already been through this. And then it's like, oh, nope, no. Yeah. You start over. <laughs> Absolutely, you're starting over. Yeah. yeah. You know? But you must get so much better at it as you get older. I don't know. <laughs> you have to wait Super a couple of years confident. and ask her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be able to ask her now. I don't know. I just feel like no one can ruffle you like your kid. Um, oh, boy. You know, like, you can be totally cool with adults. You know, like, hey, that's your problem, buddy, or whatever. And But then your kid says something, and it just gets you. Yeah, just you're like, do yeah. <laughs> really? Just, I don't I don't Do you have you have some kids? I have one. I have one and he's but he's uh He's he's my best friend. He's the best he's the, he's the greatest thing. How old is he? He's um fourteen. Mm. Yeah, and we've never we don't he's just a great kid. He you know, I d I don't have to argue with them or well for those of us with less than great kids. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I'm not I was sitting that. over here like Wow. My kid suck. <laughs> My kid is like great minus. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less than great. Yes. He's, he, he, uh, when, he, when, he, when, he's, when he's in a mood, he, it's the worst that happens is he, he's short with his answers or he just says okay a bunch. And I say something like, you know, I'm I'm just trying to uh, help you, and and you're kind of hurting my feelings, or something like that. And then he feels really bad. That's those powerful are the type language, of, though. Yeah, those are the type of yeah. communications we have. We don't have, um, you know, I I read this book uh, when I, early on called Scream Free, Free Parenting. You sound like you read lots of books, but I, go I, on. I, I read lots of audio books. Nice. <laughs> I listen to a lot of books. I yeah. listen to a lot of books too. It's easier. So, you can drive. So much easier. So uh, anyway, it was about um, have ma- making life's consequences teach instead of your, you know, um, artificial consequences imposed by you. Like, don't do this because you're going to make daddy mad. No, don't do this because that's not really appropriate. Wait, so know? that's like your kid's like, I don't want to wear shoes. And you're like, fine. 
and then you go for the walk and then they learn like oh shoot yeah damn my feet are killing yeah, like, right but oh, but, well. but before that point i would say like um you know i'm the father and i'm supposed to watch out for you and i'm trying to teach you that you're gonna hurt your feet so you probably should wear the shoes i would really appreciate it if you wore the shoes and if he's insistent then like okay have fun right then you grab the shoes though right you yes. stick them in your back pocket <laughs> yeah because if not you're gonna have to carry them you're gonna have to carry them it's like all right like, okay, you don't want to wear them but let's bring them anyway yeah, my daughter never wants a coat like, just okay, in case fine, yeah fine. i'm cold yeah. <laughs> yeah oh good thing i brought your coat you know it's always like when you're trying to do something to like amuse them you know like mm. you're yeah. all excited because you're taking them to the science museum or some other thing that you think is so great and Oh uh, yeah, I yeah. Know. They're like, meh. Yeah. Right, right, meh. I'm always like, what do you want to do? He's like, nah. I watch YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna take him to? Is he in eighth grade? Uh, he's going into high school. He's going into uh, ninth grade next year. You gonna go no, to take him to see that Bo Burnham no. movie, Eighth Grade? It's supposed to be amazing. What is it? Bo Burnham, he's like that comic who became a comic. Oh, I was like, think si- I saw. He's so funny. I think I saw a preview of that. So he made this movie about being in eighth grade, but like with social media because yes. it's different now. It's like this. Oh whole, wow! Yeah, and it's supposed to be an amazing movie. I can't wait to see. I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I, I saw someone else interesting talking about it, and they said it was great. Yeah, sounds like he, good. He really <clears throat> captures like. The yeah, because it's, it's an awkward time and. You and know, if you're living the whole thing performatively, like yeah, on right. social yeah. media, exactly. you have social to media, yeah. You, you got to get the likes. Or you're nobody, yeah. You got to get well, the likes. I've you got to get the follows. I've talked yeah. to my son about that, and I've told him, you know, there's, there's a thing called social media depression. And what happens is you're, you're comparing your normal life to everyone else's snapshots of their best moments Highlight in their life. Highlight real. Yeah, yes. yeah totally. So it's, you know, you can't really go by that. I was, I seen something last week about this girl and her entire life looked amazing through social media yeah and, but she was extremely de- extremely depressed and ended up committing suicide it happens all the time and everyone was like yeah. but yeah. look you know what? it happens all yeah. the time which is why i love when celebrities will put up a post like lena dunham i mean she's controversial but um she does these posts where you know like she shows herself at a time when she was like her most skinny her most made up you know on the cover of magazines because of her incredible weight loss getting lots of positive attention for looking great and a picture of herself now disheveled a little heavy but like talks about the difference in her mindset yeah probably feels a hundred times better but i'm a happy person yeah you know, like I'm a happy right. person today. I'm able to deal with things. I'm not in constant pain. You know, I'm not like living on a diet of yeah. coffee and pills and stuff. I'm not trying to make everyone think that, you know, something yeah. other than I right. am. Right. And life's so much easier Yeah, when when that happens. You it's know? so tricky though because kids aren't good at boundaries, right? Like do you limit your son's time on social medias or like just on screen time that's the thing it's he's so easy big thing i don't and i just learned about that i don't limit the screen time you don't have to he's he's uh he's very good but he he uses a lot of screen time but he doesn't do social media but he's his whole thing is computers he's really good with computers and that's what he likes to do and yeah it's probably what he's going to do for a living so i don't really get into that too much i do talk to him a little bit about it but yeah, you know, was, like I said, the whole I had I, just learned about that. that what's that? Screen that time limiting? Depending on how much screen time your kid has, yeah. it can completely affect their brain at certain ages. 
Yeah, more for younger kids. Really. Yes, younger kids. Yeah, the developing oh, yeah, no, brain. When, yeah, yeah, developing. Yeah. Up to seven, we did, uh, when I was there, I was living there before, and, and we definitely did limit his time in front of the TV. Yeah. Because it was TV, and it's like, you know, mind-numbing. Sit there know. like, oh. I mean, it's yeah. better than nothing. Like, they, they, you know, they are learning. They're being exposed to things and learning, yes. especially if you, cho- if you choose your programs well, mm. but, but uh, they're not engaging. My daughter learned how to talk British by watching Peppa Pig. Adorable. Dude, that is so when she cute. first started talking, that she talked, Hello, George. That is, so, that is really and cute. We were like, what? Uh, no, you just got to stop watching Peppa because she sounded like she was from Britain. <laughs> that reminds me, awesome. reminds me if I went to this uh, baby expo at the expo center and, uh, you know, uh, I bought this CD that's supposed to teach the infant Spanish. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Monsana. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I know. I, I played Why like, didn't it work? He doesn't even speak a word of Spanish. We played yeah. classical music for my daughter when she was a baby. Um, oh, yeah. We used to do that. Yeah, but they say that that is a good thing because they, they become familiar that. with famous melodies. I, and yeah, they, I know, yeah, I know a, f- uh, a person who his father put headphones on his mother's belly every yeah, day. Yeah. Every day. And this kid is an amazing musician. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's That's actually our outro music. Oh, the outro music? Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? That's nice. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> so uh, did you um, go through any treatment program to get sober, or did you just do... Meetings. Uh, that's a great question. So I, I spent five days at McLean Hospital. Um, and when I went oh. there, it was because I was depressed and suicidal and unstable to the point where, like, my daughter had to spend uh, some long days um, at daycare, even though, like, I wasn't working. Um, so mm. I went mm. there on a Monday morning. I was, like, not going to talk about the weed. But, of course, uh, the first thing that happened when I got there was this woman was, like, you should just tell them everything. Like I used to smoke weed every day and I just told them and I'm like, God damn it. I might have to tell them about this. Um, well, so you were holding that in reserve so that you could do it. Still. Of course. Cause I right. thought that I, you know, I was, I was Wasn't suffering emotionally. Like I really thought that getting high every day was like my best case scenario. I was like, I'm just born sensitive. I'm more sensitive than other people. I'm in so much emotional pain. This is the best I can do. And I've tried antidepressants. They didn't work. So I, I, I need this. Um, well, get, weed in general just makes you so introspective. You know, just think in your own head, in your own head, thinking of your stuff. It, oh, yeah. For me, it did. I yeah. have to say, you know. And you live in a fantasy world. They call it like a privately defined world. Like I did, you know, I mm. was, it was me and my plants and I would like miss my friends and I would call them and like, you know, be disconnected. It was just yeah, you know, it was it was weird. Um, so, I, yeah, so I spent a couple of days at McLean, and it was the first days I'd put together sober in, like, you know, since my daughter was three weeks old. That was when I started smoking again, when she was three mm. weeks old. And how old was she now? Four. So she was four, mm. and um, I was there on Thanksgiving, and my husband came over with her. He drove down to see me at McLean. You know, like, they, they left the family dinner early to come see me, and I saw them sober for the first time in, like, years. And, you know, I, I, I looked at them like that and I just saw like how scared my husband was, but how much he loved me. And I saw how confused my daughter was and how much she loved me. And I just realized like, 
you know what? I can't do this to them again. Like I can't need them to come back to McLean on another holiday. And while I was there, I was talking to other people there and they were all talking about how like they'd been to McLean a bunch of times and that when they got out of here, they were definitely going to stop drinking and taking pills, but we all needed our weed for our anxiety. And like, it's pretty healthy anyway. It's just like kale, you know, like, I mean, people were saying (laughs) crazy (laughs) shit. And when someone else says the crazy Uh, shit that you're thinking, suddenly you realize you sound crazy. Yeah. Right. Right. That combination of stuff. I was like, Oh, this is my plan too to leave and continue smoking. And I realized I should just like give this a chance. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's basically fantastic. a salad. Yeah, <laughs> it's and like it's so good for glaucoma. Smoke. Not that any of us like yeah. have glaucoma. Yeah, right. Gotta keep that you know? glaucoma away. Yeah. yeah. And what if I'm? I, what if chemotherapy happens away? in my life? You know, I'm, I'll need to be have a tolerance. Um, yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> you know, I, I as soon as I announced in group that like I I was going to go home and throw away all my paraphernalia and all my weed. They were. They called me aside. They're like, "All right, we're releasing you today." <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's had a breakthrough. Yeah, Get rid of her. They were basically <laughs> like, "Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much what you need to do." Um, yeah. They took me off all my antidepressants. I went home. Wow. Wow. And, um, yeah. It took so me. So they days did all that in meetings. five days. Five days. I went to a week of IOP. That's intention intensive outpatient. outpatient. Yeah. yeah. I did that um, while I was like, I went to a couple of NA meetings, and I just you know like. I was still pretty skittish. I probably didn't choose the right meetings. I went to one where, like, I just didn't find anyone who looked like me. And it was a lot of dudes on, like, motorcycles. And everyone was smoking cigarettes outside. And I just felt like Mm. it wasn't for me. And so I was bitching, like, audibly at my IOP, like, you know, there's no marijuana anonymous. And this woman was like, <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> uh, and then I found it. And that was, that was the thing for me. That was, like, the one where I found the people who had the similar story. And I was able to... Yeah. I just, and, and I did everything. I got a sponsor. I went to every meeting they had. Wow, that's I, wild. Yeah, I worked the steps. It's interesting. So the, the marijuana anonymous. Yeah, it's real wow. and it's there for you. The, the only <laughs> marijuana thing that everything. I ever really yeah. knew about in the program was marijuana maintenance program. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what everybody's <laughs> Which on. Which is like right. the exact <laughs> opposite of Until what you're talking about. super old, yeah. 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 Um, yep. Yeah, it was great. And uh, I still go all the time. Um and yeah, they've got twelve questions to see if marijuana is a problem in your life. You know, has smoking pot stopping fun? Do you ever get high alone? Um, do your, are your <laughs> friends and relations determined by your marijuana use? You know, like it's they've got twelve questions. That I answered yes to every single one. Yeah, just like right. the pamphlets. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's same. It's the same. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a bunch of potheads who got together and were like, "I don't want to have to say alcoholic at an AA meeting, so let's make yeah. marijuana anonymous." Huh. They did it in like 1989, I think. Oh I yeah, know. I'm not their well, first person. I, I've I've belonged to heroin anonymous, mm-hmm. drug addicts anonymous, alcoholics anonymous. You name it. It's, See, my my point yeah, was, I always is. identified as an alcoholic because. That's the one that I would say that I wasn't in the beginning when I first started going my first detox. The first thing I did was crack a beer when I got home because, like, I got a heroin problem. They're trying to tell me I'm an alcoholic. Screw them. You know Watch what I me mean? Drink this one beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Dr- I can drink. I'm a dope head. I I, I want to quit doing dope, not alcohol. Yeah. So when I finally did get sober, it was important to remind myself that it's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah, and it's. It's funny because me and Tom went to the same treatment center, and way back in the day, if you were a drug addict, you could earn the privilege to drink. That's hilarious. (laughs) Well, that's in the 60s or something, right? This is the program we went to, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it, it, at one point it was co-ed. When we were there, it was just male. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, probably. if you you could go yeah. on pass and have a few beers if you were a junkie. That's so funny. It's like there's, I mean, there's still one hospital you can smoke cigarettes at, like Bornwood, I think. Like, oh really? Yeah, most of them though you can't. They're like, no guys, no. Yep, we're not giving <laughs> you lighters. Yeah, no, we're not. That's you not can what go, they, can, they bring you outside to smoke, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not inside. <laughs> they, they were always, they always, I mean, don't they, most of them bring you outside to smoke? No? Some of them, they, you just can't. Suck it up, buttercup. No, yeah. no, uh, They give no you a butts. patch or some gum yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh, really? Because yeah. wow. most hospitals, you can't even smoke on the grounds. Yeah, because of all the oxygen tanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was told, I, I was always told that they, they have to let people smoke because it's just too much. They're trying to give up booze and drugs. and Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. just too much to make them stop smoking, too. But, I, you know. But they say it's one of the hardest ones to quit. Cigarettes? Yeah, that's Just what they say. start shooting know. dope. You'll be awesome. Yeah, so that's <laughs> our message for today. Much? Catch a heroin <laughs> habit. Yeah. Only people struggling out busy. there. Hope you're listening. You'll yeah. Be too busy getting sick, <laughs> shitting your pants. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what's, what's going on now? going on in, now in Amanda's <laughs> life so now I'm at this exciting point in my life where I'm like pursuing uh, creative things that I never had the guts to pursue when I was mm. younger and instead I like just got high all the time and did stuff that I was good at right away mm, um, fantastic yeah right um, so yeah no I, I, I took the storytelling workshop with Megan and that that led me to some opportunities to get on stage and I loved it I think all addicts should try to get on stage because then you get that feeling of like everybody loves me maybe i'm worth something you know yeah. it's like this is at home um cool. i That's, i yeah, told this funny good. story and i got such good responses from it and i just loved it i was like you know what i've always wanted to be a, i always wanted to be a comic I, i'm obsessed with comedy i love to laugh yeah. you know like that's Laughter's my huge. yeah that's my angle in most conversations it puts everybody at ease um yeah so not, not yeah <laughs> so <laughs> not good. pursuing that i just had my first showcase I did three minutes of stand-up on Monday night. Oh, awesome. congratulations. Thanks. That's fantastic. Where did you do that? I did that at Improv Boston, which is in Cambridge. Um, yeah, so... Oh, yeah. Improv Boston. Yeah, yeah. Improv <laughs> Boston in Cambridge. In Cambridge, yeah. yeah Didn't it's they a have an uh, improv place in over by the Charles Playhouse at one point? They have an improv place in Boston called Improv Asylum. Yes, I've yes, yes. I've been to that one. I've heard, oh, yeah. heard it's great. Yeah. The Comedy Connection. Is that still around? I don't know. You remember that? No? I don't know. know. It's too long ago. But yeah, Improv Asylum is pretty cool. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a ton of neat shows. And yeah, like they'll just, you know, all right, throw out a word. Yes. You know. So I'm doing that next. I'm taking an it's improv like, class. It's like Drew Carey. Cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Dude, I used to love watching that show. Those guys oh, were great. Oh, yeah. Those great. guys were great. Whose line is it anyway, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah. Yes, but I that's what that. it's like at Improv Asylum. Like it's, they'll say, all right, give us a place. And yes, boom. and. Everything is yes, and. Uh-huh. You know, right, and you right. just come up with something, and it's all about like being in that moment, I guess. Like, mm. well, I don't know. I've never done it. I'm starting a class next week. Well, see, give, give yourself the right to be silly, right? And, yes. You know? and, uh, and don't worry about people's opinions too much, right? I know it's very yeah. hard, but. Well, it's I a mean, super supportive place. So if you want to do it, that's like a place to do it because like, they're all about just support, support, support. Nobody's there to be like, Get off the stage, you know, yeah. like they're 
get the hook. Yeah, get the hook. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't this the part where the big cane comes yeah. out? Yeah, it's get out of here. Um, you know, and then it's also just when you're in recovery, it's about one day at a time. So I'm still one day at a time. Make my phone That's calls. Right. Go to a meeting when I can. Try to be patient and present with my daughter. Mm. Um, try to be there for my friends. You know, try to accept life on life's terms, all of that. LOLterms.com. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at that Look face. At There's a face that's oh, like goodness. sugar-coated. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I took the ice cream away so, a while ago, so, so I have cute. no idea what it is now. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> the women's meeting is slipping or some candy yes. or something. Yeah, they are. She's going to be all jacked up. Can't resist that face. <laughs> so um, is that's there a fantastic any way of... Story people getting a hold of you or anything you want to plug or oh i don't have any shows to plug but um if you ever want to see me you can find me at the um i i try to go as often as i can to the thunder bar open mic at wonder bar on thursday evenings thunder bar at yeah. wonder bar thunder i mean it's a bar so if, if you're at a stage in your uh program where you can't be at a bar don't go right there um, you go. Yeah. but if you're like me and you're comfortable asking the hot bartender to make you a seltzer after a seltzer after a seltzer <laughs> then come on down <laughs> i actually seen what did i see the other day um recovery fest Oh, that's happening at Situate. Um, right? Really? No, this is in. It's going to be in Rhode Island. Oh, cool! And it's going to be a completely sober music festival. No, like no alcohol, no drugs. Hmm. I think it was um, Macklemore. Oh, nice! Was throwing really? it out there with a couple really? other bands. Yeah, that's a it's big festival. The first one ever. Yeah, for a big wow. festival. So yeah, it's I've actually where that. the Pawtucket Red Sox play. That's where it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, have to check that I, I know. I wanted great. to buy tickets. So I was like, yeah. "This seems cool. Yeah. I think I want to go to this." A big festival. I know they're yeah. having one in Situate, like at Bullman Marine. They're having like Recovery Rocks. Oh that's yeah, just that a little. Be, you know, that would be more my style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I do it in an evening and then get ready and be at work tomorrow? I think yeah. this that's one's like at August twenty something. Check it out, uh, South Shore Pier Recovery. SSPR, yeah, they're great down there. If you're in the South South Shore and you can't make it to this awesome recovery center in Quincy, go to South Shore Pier Recovery down by the waterfront in Situate. It's a great place, great people. Awesome. They're open all the time. They've got free yoga, really free acupuncture, really, yeah. yeah. Mm. They've got some cool programs. I might have to go check and out free that. free acupuncture. Yeah, Wednesday wow. nights. I, I I should go down there and check that out. Yeah, it's beautiful too. It's like right on the water. Oh, oh yeah. Mm hmm. It's really nice. I bet. Yeah. Be a pincushion pin on the water. I like yes. it. Yeah. You guys have been delightful, by the way. <sighs> Thank, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks yeah. for having so me on. So yeah. I really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, it's getting there. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask everyone again to subscribe to our podcast uh, uh, on lolterms.com. We're or on iTunes. Yes. We're on uh, Google Play, uh, Stitcher. Um, so let's say a person was feeling just like so amazing and they wanted to like donate money to you. Do you have like a Patreon or something? No, or? a Patreon. We, yeah. we don't have that yet. I think we, um, I think we will though. Uh, yeah. you know, yes, we, uh, we do have a business page that have a business page. someone yeah. could uh, yeah. contact us through or through this because, right. you know, yeah, this, they donate it. They donate the space so we could do this. Yeah. yeah. Um and basically Tom has paid for everything that we use. <laughs> yeah. So, you so, know. But I mean, if it helps one person, it's absolutely. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, Pla- plaid Cornell over here about these microphones. <laughs> no, uh, he's Cornell. Okay. I'm, I'm Paisley Cornell. I'm Paisley. Mer- plaid merchant. Plaid, plaid merchant. merchant. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Plaid merchant over here got these amazing microphones. Yeah. I just don't want to stop talking into it. I love to hear myself in my headphones. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's me. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, yeah, join the Facebook group. Um, yeah. Check us out. Give us a like on the business page. Um, would appreciate it. We and would. If anyone needs help or, you know, is looking to be on the show as well, yeah. message us. Message us. We're always us looking for guests. And the group. Yeah. All so. right. So that's a wrap. All right. Thanks. Peace. Thanks, everyone. Peace. I live in this